Season 5, Episode 8, Mr. Peanut Butter's Booze. Uh, this episode fucked me up because it just reminded me of me so much when I first watched it. <clears throat> and reminded me of Friends. Intense, Mr. Peanut Butter with these four, three wives, and then pickles for partners over twenty-five year span, and yeah, just like just reminded me of ways that I've caused harm and just was unwilling to listen, unwilling to change, and unwilling to acknowledge that I was causing harm. Unwilling to face that I was causing harm because, like, I wanted to, you know, I think it's just about seeing myself as a good person or, like, I don't know. And it reminds me of this article I read recently called White Danger, Double-Mindedness, Violence, and the Confusion of Whiteness by Autumn Brown. Just happened to have read this the other day. And... Autumn Brown says this one point, I am seasoned enough by living to know that the white people to fear are not only those who arm themselves, but also those who believe themselves to be disarmed. I've learned that this type of white person is, in certain regards, infinitely more dangerous because they believe themselves to be incapable of causing harm and, in fact, separate from harm doers. Some people are more dangerous because they believe themselves to be benign. Those of us who have survived sustained harm understand that patterns of harm are actually the opposite of benign. They are malignant. And that's just... That epitomizes Mr. Peanut Butter here. Just, I'm clueless, I'm helpless, I'm I'm the good boy, (laughs) good dog. And it has defined me at many points of my life. And I think it's, like, complicated to think about from a gender analysis sometimes for me. But, like, yeah, the more I performed masculinity, part of that was, like, really a refusal of taking personal accountability. In my process around all my healing and my gender journey and, like, no longer performing masculinity also correlates in not just being, like, you know, just coming into myself as a trans person also correlates to so much more accountability. And I think, yeah, there's just so many cringe-worthy parts of this. Like, in the beginning, it's showing the setup of all the different Halloween parties and who his partner was at the time and how they were, you know, their costumes. And each time they're driving to the party and it split-screens the four the four parties. And in unison, he's like, this is going to be the best Halloween ever. And just... um 
yeah, again, just that harm. And then just the thing of like, <laughs> Mr. Pino being like, oh, all these wonderful, fun-loving women became bitter after dating me. What's the common denominator? And he's trying to figure out what the common denominator is. And Diane, like, talks to him, breaks it down to him for him, and it's like, yeah, you don't grow up, and people outgrow you. And I've had that experience in relationships. Definitely had that experience. <clears throat> yeah. And then Diane is so sweet, and she talks to Pickles and consoles her and takes care of her. Mm, yeah. So sweet of her. But yeah, there's just like people in my life. This one man in particular. This hat dude that I'm just like, I want them to watch this episode. Because <laughs> it's just this the patterns that people play out again and again. Particularly. This hat dudes. Um. Yeah. All right.